0: This is Race, and you're listening to The Point Music Podcast Thingy. Hey there, Reese from The Point Music Podcast Thingy again. Um, pretty different sort of podcast this time around because um, this particular artist doesn't have anything new to release, but I just enjoyed talking with him. Um, our special guest for this episode is Locke from uh, The Sundowners. Um, they released an EP last year and uh, a single late last year i think it was just a rehash one but yeah um we talk all things um production because he's does they produce their own music in the little studio there um talk things Sundowners, what happened during this time and we talk about our mutual admiration for incubus which we didn't realize we have and a few other things where we go off traffic but it's, it's 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 all good all fun and games so ladies and gentlemen lock from the sundowners and we're off and we're rolling Lucky from the Sundowners, there you are. How are you, hello, my friend?
1: Hello. I'm very well. You look very thanks. comfortable in your dressing gown, there. I am. I've um, just done a bit of yoga. Ooh. Um. What, hot yeah. yoga, no. or just just a bit of stretchy stretching? No, very cold yoga. Mm. Very cold. <laughs> very cold winter yoga. It's yeah. Um, I feel. I feel nice and relaxed, so that's good. You didn't go Ready outside
0: to sun your
1: perineum at all, or anything like that, did you? You know, to be honest, I haven't <laughs> actually seen the sun in uh must be weeks now. Mm. Yeah, got to work on that moontan. I know, I know. I got to um, got to try and get some vitamin D somehow. Do they do injections? Um, no, IV maybe. Apparently,
0: if you listen to Joe Rogan, he he does that kind of shit. Uh, oh, yeah. does he? Yeah, apparently. I don't know, but he does all sorts of weird stuff. <laughs> Um,
1: I'll, I'll hit him up
0: Yeah, do it man, good luck um, So one of the reasons why I got you on this little podcast thing Is to talk about, because you, you do a lot of DIY. Like The last EP that Sundowns did was fully DIY, wasn't it? Yep So um, I always like talking to people that, particularly musicians That do it themselves in that regard And go to the point where they actually release themselves um instead of relying on someone else to mix or to um did you did you master it yourselves too
1: no we didn't master it okay. um that's a bit beyond uh, our capabilities yeah, it does my own yeah but one day you know it's like it's always a thing it's first it was one day we'll be in a band and then it was one day we'll record our stuff we'll have enough gear to record our stuff and then it was one day we'll mix our stuff and now it's like one day we'll master our stuff, but just not not just yet. <laughs> baby steps, man. Baby steps. Baby steps, one at a time.
0: Because um, yeah. the last the, that was your debut EP. Actually, I shouldn't just say the last EP. That was your actual first one. So um, yep, you did show a bit of process about it, and you. I liked how you utilized basically finding anything and everything to make a sound out of.
1: Mm. So I've actually, got what have I got here? This, believe it or not. Um, it's got actual tea in it at the moment, mm. but this cup uh, makes an appearance in the EP.
0: Is it kind of like a cowbell kind of thing?
1: Um, it's like a space filler. We just wanted we had this we had this uh, spot that just felt a little bit empty mm. and then um, yeah, I think we just heard on one of the rough recordings someone accidentally hitting this cup, and we were kind of like,
0: that's got that's the it. right tonal qualities
1: that's the sound that's yeah
0: attention. so have you got like a whole like library of just random shit you've gone to record
1: it yeah we got um i wouldn't call it a library i just call it each of us have got uh, our phones and we just kind of like mm. anything that's cool we just sort of take it down or any ideas that we like um and then if if it's like that good that we remember it then we might Try and bring it down and recreate it down here. Mm. But even like the the uh, mics on your iPhones are getting so good nowadays. I um
0: yeah definitely.
1: I was we were just recording a jam the other day, um, and I had my phone just going like behind the drum kit. Yeah, and we were listening back to it. And honestly, there's no, there's really you listen to some stuff out there now by like the Strokes or. uh unknown mortal orchestra i think was the band we were listening to the mm. other day and and it's the same like they've i don't know how they've recorded it but they've got that same effect as if it's super lo-fi yeah
0: the garage
1: kind of approach mm. to it. yeah Which, so yeah it's no different really um it's cool it's kind of cool it means that you don't have to spend as much money on all that old fancy gear
0: yeah i mean uh, that massive hailstorm that caused all that havoc last year i actually recorded that when I was coming through nambor and I I used that in one of the mules
1: tracks. Oh, nice! Put, you got um, what sort of roof have you got? That's the important thing.
0: uh Well, we didn't get the hail here, so I was actually hearing the rumbling and uh, and the thunder and that sort of stuff, and it's just uh, so there was no hail pings or anything like that. But it was just um, oh, you
1: were yeah, you were getting the yeah,
0: yeah. I was out in the back deck <laughs> and I was just getting the, the sound quality of that storm because I thought you know what is this is this storms going to be something else, and I started to capture it and then a little. What happens is causes so much havoc on that. One. That's actually kind of cool. The
1: story behind that. let mm-hmm. so chucked in that's the car, cool. I wish thing. I had my microphone for that one. I was actually sitting in my car oh, uh, no. at the time. Yeah, yeah, that was a fun little jam. I bet that would that would have made some. That would have made a really great track Sh- though. Shattering of glass. <laughs> yeah, some nice like cymbal sounds. <laughs> <laughs> it's the weird
0: kind of china, but in, and with a windscreen instead. Mm. Yeah. So, um, oh, the last song that you released, because you released a, um, a remix version of a, of a song. Um,
1: we did a, um, what did we do? We did a live version. Yeah. Of, uh, we, yeah, we released a, um, that's right. It's all coming back to me now. It was a pretty, like, end of last year, there was a lot of, we were trying to pack a lot of stuff in. Mm-hmm. Um, but, at some point, we released a live video. But at some point, I think, which is what you're talking about, we did a um, we did like a Spotify release of a song yeah. that we was actually our first release that we put up on um, Triple J Unearthed and things like that back in the day. But we'd never never put it up on Spotify mm-hmm. or or gone gone proper with it. I think we did get a proper master for it as well. Um, so yeah, so that was exciting. It wasn't really it was pretty pretty low key, but well that was the song that
0: you got a little bit of attention from uh, from the Jays for that one. Like just like on, on, on Earth, they um I do remember reading a few reviews from some of the presenters about that one.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um yeah, they, they, they didn't mind it. It was good. It was it was pretty exciting. I mean we shouldn't that was at that stage we didn't really know what we were doing. Mm. <laughs> Who
0: does when you're first starting out like that?
1: Yeah, and um and we sort of just need. We wanted to just release something and put it out there, and um, and that happened to be the song to which we thought was pretty much our, um, yeah, one of our more kind of upbeat, um, energetic songs, which is what we wanted to kind of. Uh, that that's kind of what we wanted our image to be as a band, and and yeah, it it was um, yeah, it 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 was pretty. Uh, pretty awesome to have a good reaction, um, from that, like early on, mm. It's pretty, pretty, um, inspiring as a band to have someone that you've, you know, like Dave Ruby Howe left us a review that was actually quite a good review. And, you know, I've read his reviews for years and years, like since I was a kid, List, listen to him on the jays. So that was actually, that was really motivating, which was cool. So
0: it kind of like, Gave you that bit of fire in the belly, just going, "Yep, cool. All right, we've
1: got something here. Let's." It's like um. Do something with it. It was almost like all of a sudden, it was it was very like legitimizing. Yeah. I guess it was like, hang on a second. This isn't just having a laugh, which it's you know it was in many ways, but it was it was um. Yeah, and then I think that was the point where we sort of went, "Oh well." What else can we do? <laughs> should we keep should we keep going because we like doing this and then um, yeah, and then we just kept kept jamming and playing and um, and then we kind of snowballed. I guess. So your your style when I first heard you guys, it was
0: had a little bit of that um the indie reggae kind of thing at first, but then you you really turned that upside <laughs> down and went some <laughs> another way. And when I heard when I heard Django for the first time, I was like, "Okay, I, I get get what you're doing now," because that's that's actually part of my favorite song of you guys is is Django. Uh...
1: Yeah, Django just sort of came out of nowhere. Like in the early days, we were all listening to like lots of the Kooks, mm. um, Two Door Cinema Club, like all that sort of stuff, um, and our bassist at the time, Sam, um, was yeah, very much. Uh, into that and I think that you'll find that, you know, you're a bassist yourself. Mm. What the bassist is into is very strongly influences what where the music goes.
0: Not always um, depends on what the style of music you're playing.
1: That's true. That's <laughs> true. For us it was it was sort of like, okay, for you guys, I'm gonna play this definitely. like ding, yeah. ding 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 and it's like, okay, well right, this is let's build something around that. Um so yeah, and then and then I don't know, over time, like I've never really i've always liked bands that uh, are pretty genre defying like they don't like to stick in a box mm. like um one of my one of the earliest influence i had was was like incubus oh, and yeah, my favorite. every single yep. every single album of theirs is just something completely different which is i thought was really cool mm. um definitely
0: i think they're and, quite underappreciated by a f- quite a lot particularly like um like like the jays or something like that mm. um i mean what was the first album that you got into of incubuses
1: um the first song that i was listening to or that my friend introduced me to wish you were here okay so morning view morning view and then so i listened to the to the shit out of morning view and then there was um to be honest my favorite album from incubus is a crow left of the murder
0: okay um, that's interesting man
1: which, yeah. which might explain like a lot of where I try to get some of my weirdness from we've got a few few songs that we're working on at the moment, which were pretty you could draw some pretty serious parallels with with that album. that's um, actually really cool, yeah, it's I like Mike esinger he's yeah. just a great um, uh innovative. Guitarist, that I don't know, he's just one of those guys who just stands in the background. No one really, he never gets the spotlight, but he's, I think that he is incubus, really. Yeah, it's his, his,
0: as soon as you hear his guitar tone, you definitely know Sam. I mean, yeah, Brandon Boyd has one of the most distinct voices in, mm. in modern rock, too, but. Um, mikey's um guitar just his tone you know exactly even from when he was playing prs's back in the days of science and even mm, to a degree yeah and, all that. Yep. and even to a degree of make self he was playing a prs and then he sort of shifted into what he's he was playing thin thin lines or something like that at one stage was he? Yeah. yeah
1: and anyway because what's he doing he, I, I think he's playing
0: played. tellies and stuff man
1: yeah, that's, that's all I've known him to play. Um, I didn't really look at what he was playing in the early days, but it's definitely got a different sound. Like, you listen, when they were doing, like, that, uh, that uh, what would you call it? Like, rock, the new re- medley kind of thing they were doing? Yeah, yeah, that stuff. Yeah. Um, that was definitely not a telly.
0: <laughs> no, that was definitely PRS, man. Like, um, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Hey, but you look at his effects boards and that, even, even now, his effects boards are insane. But like, it's interesting what I find with the Crow Left of the Murder. It's that's a very interesting choice of album because most people basically go towards Morning View or um, mm. or Make Yourself because Make Yourself is probably my favourite of theirs. Mm. But you chose the one that um, was when they made the major switch with their bass player,
1: right? So that's when they went to Ben Ben. yeah, Ben, yeah, yeah.
0: and and yeah, um, yeah, Altskutunich okay. had left and there was creative differences mm. and there was a... was he the guy with dreadlocks? No um alex Who that? that's the only two that had dreadlocks really i mean mike did for up until make yourself but um uh kilmore the dj who's still got dreadlocks and brandon Killmore, had, yeah, yeah. yeah and, and brandon okay. had dreadlocks
1: I, sw- I swear they had a bassist in the like super early days that nah. um alex was has had long hair but that's basically it yeah yeah right well that's interesting i didn't know that so maybe that explains a lot because um a lot of it shifted yeah, yeah. It, that the, and I really like Ben's bass playing. Like, He's I've watched a lot of them. I actually saw them idiots. on that tour. Oh yeah, in was, Brisbane. Yeah, yeah. I saw him. In, I, was, um, I was there as well
0: <laughs> at the Brisbane Entertainment <laughs> Centre. Yep, at, I was there on the Crow Left of the Murder tour.
1: Um, no, I was yeah. there. I was at. Um, they came to Brisbane in twenty, uh, a bit later, but it was in the Exhibition Centre in South Bank. Okay. But they, it wasn't. It wasn't the Crow Left of the Murder tour. Yeah. It was like they played everything.
0: Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, so
1: di- different to us, but I, yeah, I, he was he was the bass player, and
0: yeah, definitely. A- I remember my mind being blown because he came out and did a solo and he actually started playing um multi Matilda, on oh, alright with <laughs> those heavy delays and stuff. I was just going okay, you know, because I was like staunch team Alex Dirk Lance, yep, and I was going oh it was because Ben Keeney's a um multi instrumentalist. He's not a bass player. He's um you know, a guitarist drummer because he was a guitarist mm.
1: in the Roots. So yeah, that's, okay. that's how they knew him. So that that explains a lot, just about his playing, like because it's, it's yeah, it's he doesn't play like a bass player. He no. plays like it's another section entirely. Yep, which that's is cool. exactly right. So getting back
0: on to you guys, that's a very interesting sort of album to 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 take reference from and build upon. Because yeah, I would not have expected that from yeah. you guys. So that's that's cool. Man. I mean, Mules gets Incubus in comparisons quite often
1: too. So. Yeah, nice. I yeah, I just think, I don't know, they're they're a great band and they've just managed to keep going for so long and just keep reinventing the wheel. Mm, and, definitely. Um, and that's, that's in my eyes, that's like, that's so hard to do. There's not many bands that can do that.
0: No, reinvention mm. and constantly pushing and finding new sounds mm. and actually trying to find your own sound at the same time, it takes mm. some practice, man.
1: Because they're, they're so different, but they're always so distinct, you know, because they've got Brandon's vocals and that kind of ties it all together. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, that's cool. Oh, well, from one Incubus fan to another. Much appreciated. <laughs> um, I can't help but notice you've got a blackboard in the
0: background there. Now, studio geek side of me is assuming that that's your track-by-track track, track sort of note-taking kind of thing where you basically know which tracks you've recorded and what you're crossing off, or am I completely off the, off the mark?
1: Um, somewhere in between, this is, this, this blackboard actually has been sitting in the garage for like the last, um, three years. So it's, it's, it's a three year snapshot into what we were doing three years ago. Oh, and I, and I just keep it up, sure. keep it up there. Cause <laughs> you know, I go, Oh, there's that, there's that lyric that, ugh. <laughs> yes. And where's the
0: cloth? Wipe it down. I need to get something. Yeah, out.
1: Yeah. We, um, everyone keeps telling me you need to get rid of that wipe it off this is this is this is doing my head in but um i like it i like it it's What's good it? to know where, you, where you've come
0: from it's a reference point man mm. why don't you just use that for a cover of a single next time
1: yeah i'm got to have to rub some of the stuff off Was there some profanity in there <laughs> there's a few few artworks that have grown over time i'm guessing there's dicks and balls on there Oh, <laughs> <laughs> there's attempts, yep, attempts, attempts. Dicks and
0: balls. yeah. It's always going to be dicks and balls, <laughs> no matter how hard you go. I had a whole lyric book at one stage, it just dis- disappeared during a show, um, like a uh, backstage. It's just a notebook and that sort of stuff it had lyrics and notes and stuff, and then came back. And yeah, there were dicks and balls drawn in it.
1: Oh, so you got it back, okay? Yeah, yeah, it good. was still backstage. That's it's good. just
0: people decided to draw in it when I was back there, um, while I was yeah. backstage. Yeah, green room shenanigans.
1: Was it good quality Dixon balls? No, they were pretty lame sort of, Dixon balls. Yeah, some I've seen some really great ones. There was a Facebook page um, called "People Drawing Dicks on, on the, the Heritage." On no. the yeah, that's, on the her- Herald. 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 That's
0: um, uh, Emetic, <laughs> um, Emma Livingston. She used to live up here. Oh right. She's based in Melbourne. Yeah, she did the oh, um, yeah. um, she did the artwork for um, "Not to Regret" and. Spewing when they were around. She's a great. artist. yeah, but she there
1: you go. She like uh, she uh, she knows, knows how to build, draw a uh, dick. Subject matter. Yeah, we'll she, say that. She knows how to draw a dick. Knows how to draw a dick. Mm.
0: Wow, that that went sideways real
1: quick. <laughs> so what? what um, what's the What's the next question? <laughs> <me> <laughs> Sorry, man. Um. I think I it's, like um. You know. Uh, Back to the Dixon balls thing. Mm. Um, have you ever drawn one before? Plenty. Have you drawn one on? Do you remember that show, Summer Heights High? Y-
0: yeah, I wasn't a van, but yeah, I do know it. Yeah. With
1: the because um, Jonah used yep. to draw his tag on everything. The yep. dictation. Dictation. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I remember. I remember that because we used to we used to do that on stuff just <laughs> as a joke at school. Um, Dictating. I hope no teachers are listening. <laughs> they probably won't be, so that's good. You yeah. never know, man. Sorry, Mister Stevenson. That was us.
0: I was just taking some dictation. <laughs> so, all right, back to back to studio sort of stuff because I like geeking out with them, with people that appreciate it. So, you're talking through a Shaw uh, SM70B. Yep. Correct. Yeah. Yep. And we were just nerding out before we went live here um, with what I'm using compared to what you're using and. <clears throat>
1: And, Audio Technica,
0: yeah, the AT twenty twenty, which a lot of people use mm. these as well. But the the one you're using now, it's, I think, pretty sure that's the one that Asher wants to get as well for a recording. And I think Brian uses it in Big Rock Studio. You see them all the time, though. Good quality mic.
1: So well, apparently uh, they're just a SM fifty eight with uh, the top taken off yeah. and, a di- <laughs> and a different and top a, put on
0: and a kind of a <laughs> cradle, weird cradle thingy.
1: Yeah, and this weird thing—I think, think this comes. I think big, this comes off. Big foam knob. I haven't tried. I haven't tried to be honest. Nah. Look, um, a lot of this mic stuff is is beyond me. I just, if I, uh, we used this once in the studio to record "Ride to the Sun" when we went to a, uh, uh, when we went to Airlock Studios mm-hmm. in um, Sanford. and um, we—I just liked the sound of the vocal chain so much that I kind of didn't know anything about any of that stuff at the time so i just wrote it down and said okay what what did we got we got a sm7 that's going into a um yanto who was the guy who was you know very uh he had a lot of patience cuz i just kept asking questions <laughs> <laughs> uh went into a great river um uh preamp and then that went out into his his other kind of Neve desk um and yeah, and I've always kind of gone back to the, to that ride to the sun vocals and gone, wow, that that was a nice a nice sound, and it's been um, a real kind of journey to try and get something as good as that in the home studio. Hmm. I think that like a vocal chain is so is got to be like the main one of the main things you got to try and go for. I think is it's one of the hardest studio. things to get right. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's I'm it's, where, it's where the money goes as well. It's, well,
0: it is the key focus, Master Time. Yeah. Um, so, Are you running a preamp through that?
1: In- yeah, so this, this is that, well, you, You're using of, the Great River sort of preamp. I'm using the Great River. So we got a Great River, and yeah. then that's going into an Apollo. Um, that's the latest acquisition is this Apollo oh, Is that twin, the Twin? Which yeah. has just been a game changer. They're a good so, piece of kit, man. Yeah. Um, so the EP was not recorded on the Twin, but the next one, or well, the next single will be cool and i think it's yeah
0: because so, the, the twins got the, the big round sort of knobby thingy in the middle of it yeah yeah yep
1: yeah it's got a big um big knob on it <laughs> it's great uh, just like bad it, just it's good
0: perfect for dictating
1: that's it mm-hmm. and you yet to um i'm yet to mark this one up though i'll probably i just got to figure out a good place to put it and then I'll uh, I'll put my signature on it.
0: Yeah. So you're running all that. You're um, using um, Logic for your door.
1: Yep. 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 Logic, because I started out in GarageBand. Garage Band. Yeah. And then you know. <laughs> Natural progression.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And then you get sick of uh, of uh, what was the thing that I had to keep doing in GarageBand. I found it really hard to. Just comping and stuff was always. Yeah, and the
0: system overload is like uh, the system overload and logic Mm. still drives me up the wall. Unless you sort of Mm. you you basically got to stack your um, tracks and make sure you bus everything. Otherwise, it's just going to be too much for the processor. Yeah. Yeah. GarageBand just couldn't handle any of that sort of stuff as far as I can remember. Mm. Um, Well, it was
1: more more of a. um, It just had nice pictures on it. That's what I liked about it. Yeah. It looked. It looked pretty. You know, you 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 played through a guitar, and it would come up with a nice picture of a of a guitar. Um, that was the main thing. That's what all <laughs> still matters. matters. Yeah, it's got <laughs> it. has got to have the right pictures. Otherwise, no, nah, no, nah. none of this, nah. none of this Pro Tools, Cubase crap.
0: So, um, it was basically late last year, I believe, was when you said goodbye to Sammy, went back to New Zealand. Is that right? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yep, yep. So, Sammy. Um, Went and pursued his uh, alternate lifestyle, <laughs> his his um, uh, yeah his career. Um, it was he was it was really sad because he, he was very much torn. Um, I think in in the whole thing, um, but he's a for for those of uh, the people listening that don't know, Sam was um, was actually like a certified medical doctor who'd spent six years at uni and god knows how much other time studying um and it was kind of the question of well what do i do do i <laughs> do i do um, be
0: poor for the rest of my life playing music or do i actually go save lives and, and yeah
1: <laughs> so i think he's um and then the whole covid stuff happened and i think mm. he's was thoroughly regretting it at, at one point but um who knows it may not be the end of sam we might see him again
0: so you got someone filling in the four strings at uh, in the meantime yeah. Sure do. Yep. You're looking at him. Oh, you're doing it.
1: That's me. Yep, I got a little, a little oh, Mustang. Can you see can yeah. you see that? I can see the Mustang there. A little Mustang base. Yeah, yeah. good base, man. It's my baby. Is that the um
0: the the player series Mustang?
1: This is um what is it? It's a I think it's a signature, but I don't know whose whose signature it is. Ooh. It's a it's got it's all beaten up. It's like a relic. Um oh, road worn. That's it. Yeah, it's a road worn, road signature something. Hmm. Um, J, I don't know. J I M. Does that ring a bell? Anyway, um, what gym? the, Jim. Um, <laughs> it's, it's Jim. It's Jim. Jim signature bass. <laughs> um, who plays one? Uh, Louis Limeback from Lime Cordial plays one. Yeah, there's
0: actually quite a few bass players that I know. Um, Johnny Collins mm. was. Um, was Playing one, so Johnny Collins, the bass player in Dawn Chorus and Mufasa, and that yep. he was playing. Um, he picked up a Mustang for a while. I mean, he's predominantly a um, I think he's a jazz player, jazz bass. Um, but he, I, I swear, he had a Mustang for a little bit because he just liked the because mm. the, they're a short scale, the, um.
1: Yep, which is the reason why I got one is because yeah. I'm a guitarist and they're uh, perfect for a guitarist. It's... Bass, just I can't do it. I can't do it. Like <laughs> my my hands are not as big as some people's. Ah, you still make do. I've seen some people
0: yeah. that are tiny. Like Susan Quattro tiny. She plays a full size bass, man.
1: Mm. Mm. But remember, it's not it's not the uh, it's not the hand span that counts. Nope. It's the. Uh, it's the foot span it's the size of the foot that counts we're going okay. back into dick jokes again <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> i
0: do i do um, I, i've never been a big fan of fenders to be honest with you until i actually got cuz i got a mustang uh, not mustang um a jag but i've got the yeah, cool. um the modified um squire jag which is basically a short scale version of Like the proper JAG base, which um, I think um, Hmm. Victoria from Fragile Animals plays a proper JAG base.
1: Now, is the JAG the one um, with all the buttons on it the the proper proper one is
0: yeah the proper one like um like Kurt Cobain used to play a uh, Mm. Jaguar he played a few ones but he did play a Jaguar as well
1: because it's got all the little three three three-way switches on it that's right um and you got about uh, like 50 million different combinations of I think that's the reason why (laughs) most people like playing with the switches yeah what sound you want yeah I've never been I've never I'm not probably smart enough to
0: i just have mine all to, to figure out all that to fall you know, basically you've got them yes, whatever.
1: <laughs> well my mustang's got them and i just um i just taped i just found the one that i like and i just taped Tape it, it permanently in that in that position yeah because <laughs> i kept flicking them and it was that so yeah.
0: how do you feel going into the bass player role from from being guitarist
1: um i really like it i like bass that, does that I mean you it's... guys are just a three-piece now um oh no four because no, you're I, a keyboard player. Yeah, yeah, we're 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 Sorry. a full piece. Um, um, but you know, we we haven't actually played since Sam left. We haven't played together. We've just sort of been writing. Um, and um, the idea is that once we finish this round of writing, that we'll kind of get back together. Because mm. obviously COVID and and things like that, I haven't seen our drummer in in months and months. <laughs> Probably a good thing. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Um. Hi, but yeah no we we do miss <laughs> we do we do miss Bailey. yeah we miss everybody we miss jamming um this is our band practice room as well and it's just been super quiet our neighbors have been really happy but we've been really sad
0: i had my first jam with with meals last night um, how to go oh it was like a release it was yeah, yeah um it was good I i, I can't explain it, and because we're only a mm. three-piece, it, and we're playing such a large studio, it's it's so you can do the social distancing. Mm. Um, yeah, played loud, and so good to play not through headphones.
1: Mm. Yeah, I. It's like um, when we were when Sam left, we were kind of all because we'd been so busy for so many months. It was like, okay, it's we could actually do with a bit of a breather now. Let's take a breather. Mm. But. After yeah, after going through all of these months of not being able to do anything, now it's kind of like we're all feeling it. We're like, so you you had a premature sort
0: of reset, okay? Because like um, we
1: those that were like, we're not going back to dick jokes. No, no,
0: no, no, no. Um, those that were actually like gigging all out until basically shut down um yep we had a force reset we had a force sort of like pause button put on us and um, Mm. some of us some of us really need like I'll, i'll admit i was one that needed it because i just felt um under pressure uh from both bands not putting pressure them putting pressure on me but to constantly like doing shows and making sure we're staying ahead of the game basically it wears you down um, yeah. And I've had this discussion with a few musicians, and they've said the same thing that they felt it was so fast-paced, this this industry, and and this press pause on a thing. All all of a sudden, we're just going, oh, mm. all right, we've got time to breathe, we've got time to rethink our strategy, we've got time to recreate some stuff. And it seems like you guys actually had that put on you
1: month earlier, two months earlier. <clears throat> yeah, what do we do? We um, well, we played our first headliner at Soul Bar, mm-hmm. and that was kind of our. Um, grand hurrah uh, for a little while. And, yeah, we kind of didn't, we were going to, our plan was to um, do another single and then go on a tour, uh, probably with the Finns.
0: Oh, that would be um,
1: cool. At the end of, um, later later this year, Mm. but obviously that's going to be put on hold for a bit. Um, That was our plan, so we were just going to sort of sit tight and just keep writing, um, take it as a... Like we felt like our AP was just kind of let's get this stuff out of the way, get it on the ground because a lot of that stuff was a couple of years old by that point because we'd just been playing it for ages. Yeah, we really, we really wanted to get to the, get to the new stuff. Um, and yeah, so we just, um, yeah, we stopped a little bit early and kind of just smelt the roses and it was good. I think yeah.
0: you got the benefit there of creating a whole open of new music there without having to road test it, you can come out with something completely fresh and you can actually release something if you really wanted to without just mm. anyone hearing it and get to test it really to see what people's... Particularly if you're changing and evolving with your sound a little bit. Mm. I think it's... um I think you've got a winning hand on that sort of situation.
1: It's kind of cool. Um, it's the... Like, it's the plus of... Obviously, not being well known and having about fifteen people turn up to your shows, it's like <laughs> you can you can really, uh, oh man, you, you can you can really experiment, you know. Yeah, uh, we, well, that's <laughs> one thing we said last night at practice. It's like, oh, it's like playing a real gig
0: with one person here. <laughs> yeah.
1: But you always you got to remember, like, um, who was it? Powderfinger was playing at like fifteen people, yeah, um, at one point. Yeah. I think. Uh-huh. And now they're playing to thirty people, so it just keeps going up.
0: Yeah, you know they supported Pantera one time. Did they? Have you ever heard no. that story before? No. Oh, dude, you're gonna have to. You're gonna have to tell it. Um, okay, so this is showing how old I am. Uh, when I was in high school, Powderfinger supported Pantera. I think it was at festival hall, maybe. I didn't go to that one. I'm pretty sure it was on the Volga Display Power tour. So, Pantera's second big album that they had after Cowboys from Hell. And yeah, they got booed.
1: Yeah. Well, there you they,
0: go. They got booed. There you go. And then, next thing you know, multiple arias and whatnot. One of mm. Australia's greatest bands. And John, you know, John Coggle lives on the coast, right? The drummer. Yeah. His dad taught science at, at,
1: at my school. Hmm. Mm. It's good to hear stories like that, you know, as as shit as it is for, for the artists at the time. Um, I think everyone, everyone's everyone got those stories. Otherwise, oh, yeah, how you can't um, you can't really be a big band without having a pretty thick skin, to be honest. Take yeah, stuff like that. definitely.
0: Yeah. I mean, <laughs> imagine having to walk on stage as Powderfinger who weren't known as a heavy band. I mean, Parables for Wooden Ears was their first major debut. Well, wasn't a debut was it that i think it was their major debut um and it was probably the heaviest but i'm heavy i'm saying like bush kind of heavy if you know the band bush Mm -hmm. so they're not heavy yeah (laughs) and you got these four dudes from from brisbane walking on stage to warm up the crowd
1: full of metalheads for pantera (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's like that. That's the other thing that people. I, I don't know. It's pretty. It was pretty new to us as a learning curve. Is you've really gotta, you really got to, you got it. You can't just go out and just play any old gig. You've really got to pick your, pick your shows or swim. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. It's it's, it's really hard. It's hard because you want to play as many shows as possible, but at the same time, you can't like go and support some heavy metal band somewhere. Exactly as Powderfinger does, because it's, it's probably. Yes, you get experience playing, but um, getting booed is never, no, never a good thing.
0: No, I can't imagine, <laughs> like
1: <laughs> especially if you if you you know you're unsure about yourself, you're you're putting yourself out there, and um, and then getting a whole bunch of angry people in your face. So I pretty, don't think that in, intimidating
0: in this day and age. I don't think anyone would boo.
1: I think it's pretty, um, yeah. I don't know. I. I I think the more people are in the crowd, the greater the chance of booze, because people tend to care less when they're in a big group.
0: That's true. It's the mob um, mentality kind of thing and we can hide because we're anonymous <laughs> and whatever like
1: that. And, they can, and you can throw stuff and you can um, start, you know, death pits. and and But as a smaller crowd, I think, um, to what we're used to, I, I think, yeah, you're right, exactly, and especially on the coast. Uh, the music the people up here that go to live music just they fucking love it. Mm. And it's great. And that's why we like to play, because, yeah, it's um everyone's just there for a good time. They're not there really necessarily expecting the next great they're not you know, they're not there to see Queen or whatever. They're to just see their mates and see what's
0: Most of the time they just walk in and just going, We don't even know what's playing, we're just gonna see what's going on. Yeah.
1: Oh crap, this band's cool. All right, next thing. Yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah, surprise me, sort of thing. Yeah. Hmm.
0: Um, one thing I would will bring up is the fact that the first time me and you actually had a proper chat was at a Q Music thing. Um, was it the Solba, One of the ones at Solba? Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, would have been. Yeah, right. So, hmm. with what Q Music do and their, because um, uh, you've been to quite a few of those ones from what I've seen, because usually the ones I go to. So, hmm.
1: um,
0: have you? Have you taken anything away from that?
1: Um, yeah, lots. Because the, the reason I was there is because I had I was not from the music industry. Mm. I was, you know, I loved music, but that, that wasn't my background. I didn't have any friends that were musicians. Um, and, uh, yeah, I was kind of just like jumping into something that um, was completely new to me and I didn't know how it worked. Anything. So the Q music kind of came up, and it was took away a lot of the um, uh, like the imposter syndrome, mm-hmm. you know, because they're very welcoming. It's like everyone can come along and ask stupid questions, and it's it's free. All you need to do is register. Um, and yeah, so honestly, the Q music stuff is really how I made a lot of contacts and learnt. Um, learn about the industry from the inside, not just what it looks like from the outside, which is completely different, by mm. the way. Um which is yeah, that sort of information is is um it would have taken us a long time to to get it and we would have had to have made a lot of mistakes um to get what we did out of the Q music thing.
0: I still see mm. it every day. Um mm. The thing is, with this industry and what I've discovered, because I've been doing this for 25, 26 years now, no one really tells you what's going on unless you actually ask the right damn question. <laughs> and you got to ask the right person the right damn question. Even mm. then, they might not tell you exactly how to do it. They'll point you to someone else that will teach you as if you pay them to mm. um yeah. but now uh, there's a lot of transparency because you can see if you if you're cluey enough you can see how things are done and this yeah. is what I've, I've tried to drill home i mean i've had conversations with you t- telling you how to do like um, press releases and what i expect to see coming through my email box and you picked it up and ran with it and it's been very helpful Particularly for someone in my position where I don't have the time to go write a damn article all the time, I'd, I'd rather use a press release and put it out that way. Mm. But um, it's it's frustrating that people don't take the time and effort. I mean, you have, like I just said, but to find out how the steps are easy to break down, like with with self-releasing or teaching yourself how to bloody like mix. There's mm. a lot of info out there. If you just ask the right question, instead of just twiddling your thumb and going, "Oh, it's too hard. Oh, no one's listening to our stuff." Well, you, what do you expect if you're just going to record something that half-ass and slap it onto like SoundCloud and then expect it to take off? It doesn't do that anymore.
1: It's true. It's like it takes a bit of. Um, I don't know. I've just always been very curious, and I think that a lot of, a lot of um, my approach is because as I say, it's, this is all completely new to me from like an industry perspective. Um, it's, it's something that's, that's, uh, yeah, it's, it's like a breath of fresh air and it's something that, um, every, I don't care what it is, as long as it's related to music, it's, I want to know about it. I want to know how it's done. Mm. Um, and, and how someone can make something. Uh, you know, you can listen to to songs and and it can make you feel a certain way, and uh, yeah, but I don't know. For me, that's not enough. Like I, I'm the sort of person where I need to, I need to go. Well, why? Why is that? Doing you ask that? the question. Why is that making me feel like you know, I need to shit myself? <laughs> <laughs> and then you realise that they're playing the brown note, mm-hmm. and there you go. Have
0: you um? um Sort of sat back now that now you sat in a sort of a producer role. Um, one, did you expect to be in that position in the first place?
1: Did you expect? No. See, a lot of people don't. Uh, when you listen, I didn't even know. I didn't even know what a producer was. What they did. <laughs> did what what? It, what? Someone said to me once. Oh, you know, you need to find a producer, and and you know they'll help you out with this, that, this, that, and that. And I was like, well, uh, <laughs> how does a producer fit into the picture of a band? Mm. And um. I think it um, was like maybe, a coach. Yeah, it's like a coach, but it's also um, I, the more I've realised is that is the, the producer can actually really make or break a band. Yeah, really, like they they, could, they are a member of the band, mm, definitely, um, and probably one of the most important members because there's got to be someone that that says, "Hey, um, Mike, stop uh, that solo needs to stop." now Mm. you can't you can't keep going because people will lose interest so it's like that top yeah like yeah that right it's the it's the mentor father sort of stop being stupid and uh what's the what's the end result got to be like what's the big picture
0: so how do you find yourself being in that role as as the band like the songwriter as well it's it's hard for you to put the brakes on
1: uh yeah it's um it's hard to. It's very easy to look at other people's stuff and come up with suggestions of how things are done. Mm. But when you're when <laughs> when you're the writer, um, oh, can you hear that? Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> that's my. That's that's the cue for for dinner. <laughs> that's my. Um, my housemates do this thing. We all cook dinner one night a week, and um. Yeah, when it's time for dinner, because I live downstairs in in the in my little um, what do you call this? Like a cave, a music cave. Then uh, that's my cue to, to come upstairs and eat. They just stomp on the ground, <laughs> make a lot of noise. There is a single um, texting, but yeah, the stomp on the grounds. Well, that would be the polite thing to do, and I have I have mentioned that on multiple occasions. But the stomping still <laughs> it's, um, still uh, happens. It's, it's
0: <laughs> instinctual, man. It's just like yep, straight into it. Um, anyway, well, what we talking about? The step, step, learning how to put apply the brakes. Um,
1: yeah, yeah. When you're writing your own stuff, it's you know you really need. I think, I think personally, I need someone external to, yeah, you know, because you're not emotionally involved as a as a producer. The
0: disconnecting bit is is mm. um, is the hard part of mm. like. Um, but then you kind of. Well, I I find that I kind of force myself to experiment as much as I can. It's the editing. And pulling stuff back out. That's the mm. hard part. Like uh, sometimes I'll find a song that I've written and I'll all will all sudden look at how many tracks I got and like, Oh crap, I've got hundred craps the tracks on this on this bloody thing. Mm. Does it really need all that? Yeah. yeah start pulling stuff out
1: it's it's hard like it's a it's a double edged sword it's like yeah. in one way it's it's great cuz you you can kind of you kind of know what you're going for and you can listen to listen to a composition that you've got and go okay well what's missing from this oh, okay i need another i need a keys part or i need a, a synth layer or something like that yeah. to fill that to fill that empty space like you you know you know what's missing um but yeah it's it, at the same time it's kind of sometimes cuz i'm a real perfectionist sometimes I'll I'll just want to play something and and try and just get it out on the thing, but then the like the inner producer will just be well, hang on a second, that was slightly off the beat. You're gonna to have to re-record the whole thing mm. again, and oh, you don't have the right sound. Like the EQ is all off on this, um, and so you spend like you stop being creative, and then you spend more time being technical. Yeah. And it really kind of kills the. It can kill the vibe sometimes.
0: Yeah, you you can find yourself <laughs> going down a rabbit hole
1: for like a good six hours on working on one mm. particular thing. And you're sitting there, you're sitting there tweaking like compressor settings and EQ settings, and and your guitar st- still doesn't sound like, um, like that parcel song that you're trying to go for. And <laughs> you can't, f- you just. Yeah, and then you and then you sit back and you go, "What have I done in the last three hours? Like yeah. creatively, nothing.
0: No, just <laughs> fiddled with some like buttons and knobs and dials. Right?
1: Yeah. I've just fiddled with the same slider, and uh, nothing has changed. So yeah, that's that's the hard part yeah. about it. The cost, um, the cost bit is
0: brilliant because it costs you.
1: Yep, that's it. That's, <laughs> Basically that's, that's, nothing. That's the good part. It yeah, is the good free, part. free production. <laughs>
0: Definitely. <laughs> well, man, I won't let you, um, I won't let a good conversation get in the way of dinner since they're going to probably stomp on the ground again to remind you the dinner's up.
1: Any minute. Any minute now. Minute now. But, um, yeah, no, no worries. Um, thanks for having me on oh, the show. Good. It's been been a good uh, good chat. I didn't know you were an Incubus fan, so there you go.
0: Oh, I'm not a closet Incubus fan. I say it all the time, man. <laughs> all right, look. Um, yeah all right mate well
1: thanks race it's all and, right um, just
0: stand along quickly and i'll have a quick chat uh, after this and this is all wrapped up but um ladies and gentlemen lock from the sundowners farewell thanks for tuning in i hope you enjoyed that podcast and previous other ones if you haven't checked them out please do so if you have not subscribed i'm going to get this right press the subscribe button ring the bell and uh you'll be notified whenever we have new podcasts available uh, thanks for supporting local music, such a coast music, live music, Australian music. We're surviving. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Thanks.